The San Francisco 49ers have several needs heading into 2023. And we're going to start with the offensive line. There's some holes that need to be filled. And we're going to break it right down right here on the Wayne Breezy Show. Breezy this, breezy that. They know I'm gold, but I got the Niners on my back, you know. And yeah. Breezy this, breezy that. Ain't nobody working like Breezy, and that's a fact. Overmotivated is an understatement. Gold-blooded to the core, got your squad hating. Breezy make it look easy. Breezy on everything like 05067 Wheezy. This is not a game. Yeah, we faithful in every way. And even though we on the East Coast, very loyal to the Bay. Heavy red and gold every day. And if you really a Niner fan, I know you can relate. Applying pressure with this content like smaller bear. We not accepting no slander by trace, so beware. I stay in exclusively Niner hats. And I always tell the truth, this exclusively Niner facts. Breezy this, breezy that. They know I'm gold blooded, I got the Niners on my back, you know. Yeah. Breezy. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Wayne Breezy, and I got the infamous, the one and only, the 49ers general manager, our general manager. He should be general manager, because he just knows how to wheel and deal them. What's going on, Tony? Yo, what's going on? Good morning. How's everyone doing? How are you doing, Breezy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm I'm, I'm excited to talk about some of the moves that we need to address. It's the offseason. It's official. There's no more football. We don't have to worry about which team is going to the Super Bowl at this moment. Now we can focus on how to fix and improve so that we can be the team in the Super Bowl in 2023. And not just being in the Super Bowl, bro. Winning that sixth Lombardi, I think that's what's most important, man. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Most Absolutely. Important. It's been a goal for a while. Um, we came close. Uh, things didn't work out in our favor. But guess what? We're going back to the drawing board. We're going to redo this, then we're going to get back to it. That's what I like to hear, brother. Shout out to everybody out there. I just wanted to say a quick shout out to all the members of the channel. I'd like to show them some love early on in the show. Jerome Davis, he's in the house. Great morning, Niner fam. Let's find some hog mollies to secure the old line. All right. All right. I see where we're going. Miss Debbie, good morning. Wayne, blessings to everyone joining this fine Wednesday morning. Please hit that like button. Peachy's in the building. Good morning, everyone. Christy Marie, morning, y'all. What's going on? What's going on? Marty Mars in the building. What's going on? going on fam he says good morning to everyone my man dion nine again podcast morning breezy what's good family shout out to everybody out there eddie g let's effing go that's what i'm talking about because it's time to move forward like you know what i'm saying mike ing i see you and to all the other members that i didn't get a chance to say hello to good morning how you doing let's get through the formalities of the show we're not going to be here long guys you know it's that quick power hour don't forget to like comment and subscribe uh, youtube.com backslash at the Wayne Breezy, right? There's, it's kind of new with things going on with YouTube. YouTube's got a bunch of changes. Go ahead and, and click on that link down there. And don't forget, don't forget to hit that like button. It's super important, all right? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. It's going to be cool when people get to listen to Tony today on their long drives and at work, all right? You can find that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. There's going to be new exclusive content uh, to this week. Uh, on the Patreon. So make sure if you're not a member or subscriber to the Patreon, don't forget you want to join today. I'm going to be breaking down uh, free agents, draft prospects, and all that good stuff right here. And it's exclusive to the members of the Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Wayne Breezy. And if you're watching on Twitch and you like what you're seeing on Twitch, shout out to all the Twitch watchers out there. We appreciate you, the viewers on Twitch. Make sure you subscribe to the channel as well. Use the Amazon Prime account and you can subscribe for free. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on Twitter at Wayne Breezy. Instagram and Facebook's at the Wayne Breezy. There's the website www.twben.com look for the new content up there and that's where you can go and get the apparel 
backslash shop. So www.twben.com backslash shop. Listen, the promo code ends this week. If you're a member of any one of those uh, uh, sources that we just talked about, Patreon, uh, Twitter, YouTube, if you pay or a paid member, you will have a, a promo code that you can use. So make sure you go ahead and take advantage of that. It ends this Friday. But we got the new exclusive Wayne Breezy shirts. And don't worry, there'll be some 49er shirts made on that as well. You can also email me, thewaynebreezy at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the latest in 49ers news. I My goal, Tony, is to write an article a week. I mean, an article a day. I'm sorry. And so Ooh. far, I'm two for two, right? I'm Today, I'm going to make it three for three. So make sure you guys go to www.49erswebzone.com. Read the article, like the article, and then share the article either on Facebook, either on Twitter, or to somebody that you know, all right? Shout out to our sponsors, okay? We got our sponsors um, over there at Residency. You guys can get the, the official Residency caps, www.residency.com. Use the promo code SFBreezy. And to our new sponsor, uh, Zinni Optical, all right? That's where I was rocking these cool 49er joints, the faithful to the base. That's what I like to call them, FTTBs. You know what I'm saying? Use the link. It's in the description. You click on the link, you'll be able to save uh, 10% on your total purchase, all right? So shout out to Zinni Optical. All right, man. Lots of formalities. Got that out the way. That took about five minutes, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so five now we'll start minutes. the clock. Now we'll start the clock. <laughs> now the clock starts. All right, so 49ers news, Tony. There's not really much going on other than the fact that the 49ers continue to lose coaches and yeah. other teams continue to build their staff. Now, I don't know how many coaches are – not with the 49ers, and I don't know how many vacant spots that they have off the top of my head. But the latest in 49ers news is this. Uh, 40, uh, sources saying by Aaron Wilson that Texans are expected to hire former 49ers defensive passing game uh, specialist, uh, secondary coach Corey Unlin as a defensive passing game coordinator. And I just got to get your thoughts on, on that. So they're getting another person. D'Amico Ryan's is getting somebody he's familiar with. And why do you think he's going to leave the 49ers to go get the same job with the Houston Texans? Yeah, that's a hire that I'm not surprised about. As you said, the contract was up and it was not renewed. I think this was an agreement in place between Kyle and uh, D'Amico when he left and took the job at the Houston Texans um, that he wanted to bring Unlin with him, which is fine because what the Niners turned around. And, and listen, I'm sure D'Amico and Kyle talked. Wilkes was the 49ers guy. Wilkes is known as a secondary coach, so it kind of does not need – you don't need Unlin there when you have your defensive coordinator who specializes in the defensive backfield. So I'm okay with it. I kind of expected this to happen, him one of the guys to go. Um, so, you know, he did well here. I, I have no complaints about him. The, the defense played well with him here working with D'Amico, and um, he's moving on to the Texans, and we have Wilkes. Even though I still believe Wilkes will bring somebody in to work with the secondary, uh, a name that's coming up, uh, Bullocks, the safety coach, might actually get promoted to full DB coach. Uh, they added Sorensen last year, who was a former safety. He might be getting bumped to the safety coach. So just two names I'm just putting out there. All right. So keep keep in mind, there's some names Tony's mentioning. You might have to go back and rewatch it. Just keep in mind those names that he's talking about. 49ers will be looking to fulfill their coaching staff. That's priority number one for Kyle Shanahan. He did it last year. You didn't hear much about what was going on with rookies because he has people that he's comfortable taking care of the scouting. And he's really sitting here trying to put together his staff. So expect Kyle Shanahan to get this staff up and ready before the combine or at least by the combine. Like that's kind of like what I'm thinking uh, Kyle is doing. He already started with getting Wilkes in here as a defensive coordinator. And let's see some of these other pieces get uh, be fulfilled. Let's talk about the uh, this one right here. Uh, do you think there's going to be a promotion, Tony? Tight ends coach. Now, this is by Albert Breer. Says tight ends coach Brian Flurry is next on being the team's offensive coordinator per Albert Breer. Now, last season, there was no offensive coordinator. Kyle Shanahan kind of done that. And we haven't seen an offensive coordinator title since Mike McDaniel. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think it even happens? I hope it happens. I do. Um, I do and I don't because look at it like this. I think he is a sleeper on this staff. I think he's going to be more impactful than Slowick. Um, I can tell you from experience a good friend of mine in my department that I work for, um, when he played college football, 
Flurry was his coach at mm-hmm. um shit. I forgot that he went he coached him for a year before he went to Townsend. Um let me get the school real quick. Uh damn, 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 damn. Should have been prepared. Give me one second. Uh it's all good. You got time. Shout out to everybody out there too while Tony's getting that looked up. Um Symmetry agrees uh, with you saying that Bullocks should be the one to get promoted. Shout out to everybody. Thanks for the compliments on the uh, hat. Got it. My man Dion uh, definitely definitely was able to cop the hat for me uh and send it my way because I can't find it nowhere here on the East Coast. So shout out to my man Dion. Go ahead, bro. So <clears throat> my buddy played with him, uh played under him at Sacred Heart. Um, Sacred Heart, where's Sacred Heart? I don't, don't know, say Connecticut. I think I, it is I, Connecticut. Are you so wait a minute? There's there wait a minute. He was here, Brian Flurry was here in Connecticut, and I didn't know about it. I think so, yeah. That's so, where Sacred Heart well, is. That's why I said don't say Connecticut, because that's the only correlation I could get to Sacred Heart, unless there's one everywhere, but I don't no, think so. I think I think you're right. I think it is Connecticut. But so long story short, uh my buddy played both sides. He played defense and offense, and then he's finally um stuck to the defensive side of the ball. He was a safety. And Flurry was the uh, defensive back coach. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. And my buddy Jamar was like, you know, this guy was telling me shit before the offensive play was even ran. Like he's that what? type of coach. Like he's that like he he has the he he understands yeah. he has vision like Kyle Shanahan yeah. sort of kind of. And all of Kyle's coaches that come up through the system eventually, well, besides D'Amico, the majority of them they're taught both sides of the ball, right? Kyle, when he was a, a graduate assistant, or not a graduate assistant, um, a quality control coach in Tampa under um, Gruden, he used to work with Monty Kiffin. Yes. Who was the defensive uh, line coach or defensive coordinator for them, Gruden. and he would learn everything. So now, with that being said, you have you know both sides of the ball, and now you know where the openings are. He's the type of he's like a student in the game. The reason why Kyle made him the tight end coach was because he knew exactly where the routes need to be ran, broke off, and where they need to sit. So if he's gonna be an offensive coordinator, I'm happy with it. But the downside of it is his next step is gonna be a head coach. Kyle can't hide him anymore. So that's the ah. downside of it. Where if he ah. kept him as like a passing game coordinator, right? His next promotion could be offensive coordinator. So maybe so, maybe maybe that's the next promotion. I mean, I know Albert Breer put out the report saying that the word on the street is that he's going to be promoted to offensive coordinator. But maybe I mean maybe listen, Kyle I'm good at it. Don't get me wrong. I am you know, good. I know. I'm just I just like when Kyle is able to hide people and keep them a little bit longer because look what happens. This is all right. Here's the trend that I'm getting from Kyle Shanahan. They do well. He loses his coaches. He's got to find somebody else. Like and and it's been happening. The past three, 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 four years. So it's gonna happen again and it's gonna happen again. And so this I'm, I'm maybe he'll try to try to keep him under the wraps. Shout out to Ariel Duran. He says it is Connecticut. That's what I thought, man. I I I used to teach up there. I did a couple of classes up there, man. Shout out to that. I didn't meet Brian Flurry though. If I did, that would have been pretty cool. I gotta give Peachy, she was the first contributor today on with the super chat. Shout out to Peachy. It's the first four corner of the day. Good morning, Breezy, GM, Tony, and the faithful. Time to get going for 2023. Time to yet again take six. We are definitely on that quest of taking six. It has been it has been a long journey. And morning, it's always, Peachy. <laughs> it's always been a stupid, silly setback, too, right? Like a yeah. setback. Like, and, and it's the setback at the the most critical spot or position. You can't win a game when your quarterback's not there. Like, you know, starting quarterback. Let me make sure yeah. I be clear of that. You can't win that caliber of a game. Now, Tony, NFL news. I got I to gotta ask you, because that's going on with the 49ers. Talk about the NFL. There's this mm-hmm. Twitter beef going on right now. And, and the Twitter beef, are you familiar with what's going on on Twitter right now? Just curious. No, I, if, it's, if it's in reference to the Eagles and the Chiefs game, I'm – yes. I, I stay out of it because you know I, what? All Eagles fans called us crybabies, and now look who's crying now. No, and see, there's not even that. This is not even between the fans, Tony. This goes to a whole nother 
echelon of depth of level. This is player versus player. This is Juju Smith Schuster going against like for all right. So he put out yesterday was Valentine's Day, Tony. And oh. then he put out a Valentine card, something about like, I wish I had it right here in front of me. And it was to saying like you could hold something. And then he put the picture of James Bradbury on there, like about, about being a Valentine. Let me let me find it. I know it's in my oh, phone. Oh god, bro. Like, I don't know what possessed him to like to put that out, but listen, the first person that, that responded, okay, was AJ Brown. So AJ Brown, let me get the goddamn thing. Where is my oh, stuff? The drama, bro. <laughs> it was, but it was funny. It it, it made me chuckle, and then it kind of got so serious, bro. It got it got serious because now you got other. Here it is. I got it right here. All right. So he says, "Happy Valentine's Day, everybody." And then, um, <laughs> then he put the picture of of James Bradbury, and it says. I'll hold you when it matters to and from like a Valentine's day card. So AJ Brown's response and says, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one year deal. TikTok boy. <laughs> he admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like that or ever was, but congratulations again. So then Juju responded and said, glad you were finally able to get all of that off your chest after all these years good game bro and i left it alone at that i thought it should have capped at that point okay but it didn't because now other eagle players are coming out of the woodwork and then tyreek hill has something to say bro oh god what is going on i don't know but that shit was hilarious bro like the initial why is it gotta be like that like whatever (sighs) The initial joint was hilarious. And and so I think it got really real when uh what's the what's the safety that I want? C C uh Chauncey Garter Johnson, C G J yeah. or whatever. He came yeah. out and said something really bad. And then I was just like, oh man, see, there's no drama within the 49ers organization when it comes no. to stuff. And the only no. <laughs> the, the only thing the 49er players did was they tried to make note. This is how I took all the stuff leading up to the Super Bowl from the 49ers. Because, you know, we want to we do a circle back to the Niners, right? It was like, look, we know we lost, but don't get it twisted. Don't forget, like, we lost because we didn't have this. You know what I'm saying? And I know a lot of people are like, hey, man, y'all would have lost even if y'all had y'all starting quarterback. Okay, you could think that. But don't forget that we just didn't have our guy. And so that's why you heard Debo Samuel come out and Brandon IU come out and say the things that they were saying. Listen, defense will get exposed. That's Brandon IU. Then Debo went and doubled back on it. And I didn't think, did you, I'm, I'm saying this to ask you, do you think that the 49er players were starting to try to cause some type of a drama? Or were they just telling the facts? I'm going to say facts. That's just my opinion. I mean, I don't think the Niners are there for drama. I just think they speak what they feel. Um, and you know what they said as far as Bar- uh, Bradbury, but I don't think it's drama. I think they just speak what they feel. It's facts. I don't, I mean, listen, their defense is good. You got to give credit where it's due. And everyone, absolutely, did. you know, it's all predicated to the, like, like it's with the Niners defense. If the rush is on point, it doesn't matter who's back there. And you saw it last year. Mm-hmm. Right, we had Josh Norman, Ambry Thomas, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Mosley rotating in and out. Norman was not good, no, but that defense, that rush made the secondary okay. So, I mean, Slay's a great, I, I think Slay's good. I'm not gonna knock him, I think Slay's a very good corner, even Debo. I mean, the, the interview know, with Debo, nothing, Bradbury couldn't cut it with the Giants, yeah, or the Panthers. They cut him. They cut him, and Steve Wilkes was the Panthers' coach. I, I'm with, with you, Bradbury. So, like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like is Bradbury so you're, you're having that to... type of year because of the front line that he's playing? The that's line that's Washington. That was Debo's defense. He was. He said yeah. that. He said that they're benefiting from the defensive line. 
And that yeah. that was you know, and of course they were giving him flack about it. And a lot of a lot of a lot of the Eagles players took took offense to that. Uh, look, I will say this, like, because I haven't talked to you about the Super Bowl. I thought the Super Bowl was fairly even. I thought both quarterbacks played phenomenal, and the better quarterback led your team to the victory. I think that's kind of like how it panned out. I do feel like if Jalen Hurts had another opportunity and there was more time, then he probably would have led his team to the victory. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, this is not a shot at the Eagles. They just got beat. Yeah. Methodically, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, really methodically, because, like, and, and so it started with that hold. That hold right there, you know, should it have been called? Uh, that's the question for the ages, right? Do you let them play? I mean, Richard Sherman was yelling at me. Because I was like, it's a hold. And he was like, that is not a hold. There was no grabbing of the jersey. And I'm like, eh. It was a little towards a little. Yeah, you little. saw it. I mean, he definitely grabbed it. But to the severity of it, that could be questioned. For sure. But, but like, you know, it's, it's kind of like taking it back to the Niners Super Bowl versus the Chiefs. Where they said that George Kittle pushed off of Sorensen. Let's not push off a sword. Are we talking about that touchdown that would have happened to be a touchdown would have put the Niners up before the half? That wasn't a penalty. And Sherman will even tell you that because he was on the damn field flipping out. Refs, um, the refs. Uh, here's my thing about the NFL officials, right? And I want every fan base to understand this. The refs are always going to be refs. Like, Leave it at that. Do your best to not allow them to make judgment calls. It's it's like when you got somebody else judging you about you being right or wrong, it, it makes it difficult. The thing that I don't like what the refs do is they're just inconsistent, and I feel like that's the issue for me. So, like, Correct. if you're going to call that, then call it all the time. You can't call and something like <clears throat> that, and then all of a sudden the players – because it, it messes with the players psychologically. That's a, and I'm going to show you the valid point, right? We talked about this on the overreact, well, the overreaction after the loss to the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. The week before the Niners versus Dallas, you had an official who's known to throw penalties in Vinovich. He, he controls games, Vinovich. It's proven. He throws flags in every play. He let the Niners and Dallas play that play game. Play football. There yeah. was minimal flags in that game. If there was six flags for combined for both teams, that no was a lot. So guess what? That was gotcha. No, because you so, said six flags. That so I was just thinking. So now you transition to the NFC Championship game. There was flags thrown on every fucking play. So now yeah, you have the mindset with one of the heavy throwing officials in the league in Vinovich. They go in saying, "Shit, well maybe they're going to let us play this playoff." This this year in the playoffs, let's go in and do our thing. And guess what? It was totally different. Totally than different. The divisional game. So I agree. And I applaud you for saying that. Consistency is the main issue with the officiating. That's it. Because if it was consistent, I think the flags would have been less in that game. And, you know, it could have been a different outcome. I mean, obviously not, but because we lost Purdy and, um, you know, it, it just sucks. Officiating is poor. It's horrible. And for Goodell to release a statement saying that the officiating doesn't seem to be an issue, that's horrible. That's horrible. Stop He's being horrible. a cheap SOB. Pay these son of a bitches as a full-time spot. Make that's the, officials. Ooh, so that's the issue. Like, I didn't even know we were going to go this route in the show today, but that's the issue. NFL officials are part-time employees, y'all. Yeah. They so need if to go full-time. Yeah, if you're a part-time employee, I mean, you're you're not gonna put in your all and train and do all this type of stuff. You get part-time money with no benefits. You know how it is working a part-time job. It don't get the full-time work. <laughs> like the, you know what I'm saying? So I like I'm not mad at the officials. I'm just more saying like, dang man, if you're just gonna call a play this way, just call it that way. Like, don't mess with the psych psychological stuff from these players because they play it's a physical it's already a physical sport it's played at tip top speed and then all of a sudden you know first of all let me just clarify that there's holding and grabbing on every play what their officials choose to call is pretty much on them so yeah you you got it take your time
So, look, Eagles fans, if you're still watching the show because you like the stream, I appreciate it. But, it, it, like, I, I'm bringing this up because, you know, <laughs> the refs, they do silly things. And 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 as a football player, you know, what I what I hope when the 49ers play football is they, they, they just don't leave it up to the refs. And I think that's kind of like a mindset. And the Eagles and, and then the Chiefs, if you're a Chiefs fan, I don't know how much you guys pay the refs, but you guys just get away with tons of stuff, man. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Sean, thank you for the contribution. Eagle fans almost make you appreciate Seattle fans. I slap myself for saying that, but it's true. Tony, you should arrest anyone wearing Beagles gear. That was to Tony. Shout out to my man, Sean. Eagle fans are different. Look, I, I put um the, the video out about Cry Me a River, Cry Eagles Cry on TikTok. That's where it got the most tread. I mean, I'm getting cursed out, like literally. And I'm like, dude, like all I'm saying is Cry Me a River. Like, I like don't don't come don't call us whiners and then y'all sit there and complain about certain things. That's all I'm saying. Whatever, whatever. Shout out to Leslie. What's going on, Leslie? She says, John Madden used to say that you can call holding on every play. I'm telling you. I can hear him saying it, too, in his voice. R.I.P. John Madden. All right, guys, we got a dope show. Tony's up here for a reason. We're going to talk about the number. Uh, we're gonna t- Wednesdays are going to be shows where we're going to break down the 49ers situations where they need, they need, right? And so we're going to start with the trenches. We're going to start with the offensive line. All right. And in my opinion, uh, this is not the number one need. We'll rank that a little bit later, but I feel like the 49ers definitely need to address the offensive line. All right. Now, here go the starters, Tony, going into 2023. Here are your 49ers starters for the offensive line. These are guys that started in 2022, and I expect them to start in 2023 unless there's some like there's an injury or something which i'm not saying that's going to happen but that's the only reason why these guys shouldn't start there's no way i see these three players trent williams at left tackle aaron banks at left guard um and spencer burford at uh right tackle you see center and 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 i mean spencer burford at right guard you see center and right tackle because those are holes that we need let me go ahead and just get rid of that so that doesn't confuse anybody all right so what I'm saying is I expect these guys to start and be ready to go. Now, holes, center, and right tackle. That's what we got to figure out. I just want to show you guys here are the reserves. All right, Colton McKivitz, guard tackle, Jalen Moore tackle, Alfredo Gutierrez tackle, Jason Poe guard, uh, Leroy Watson, related to Randy Watson, tackle, and then Nick Zakiel guard. All right, that's what they were drafted as. I'm not sure where they were going to play. They did say that Nick Zakiel was taking reps at center. And since we're already talking about, these are who we're losing. All right, free agents, uh, Daniel Brunskill, center guard tackle, Jake Brendel, center, Mike McGlinchey, your right tackle is going to be gone. Tony, we need to address the offensive line. Yes. What are your thoughts on how how they might go about doing so? Um, and and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Three ways. Give me three ways they can address the offensive line. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's go off right now, the way it stands right now. You name the starters, Trent, Banks, empty in the center, right uh, right guard Spencer, right tackles open. If it was forced into action right now, I think there would be a competition between Poe and Zakel for the center, and then I think the right tackle will come down to McKivitz and Jalen Moore. Um, this team is very, very, very high. On Poe, very high on Poe. I can tell you that. I've read it. People said it. Um, so they're very high on him, and he's got like that perfect height, weight ratio, mm-hmm. strength, and ability that fits the center position. Um, so that's one. That's one scenario. Um, I think. I think the right tackle spot is McKivitz, uh to lose. Okay. Um, okay. I like that. In, in my opinion, I think he will battle with Jalen Moore. Uh, for the right tackle sport. But, I mean, clearly they got to make a decision on which which way they want to go. I mean, McGlinchey, you know, you pull up the free agent list. Orlando Brown's one. He's probably going to be tagged and protected or get paid an astronomical amount of money. Or And then number two is McGlinchey. McGlinchey, so I like that you said that. McGlinchey like is 100% that. 
going to be out of the price range. Yes, sir. That's, top 10 free that's, agent. You know what I'm saying? One of the sites have him as a top 10 free agent. Yeah. So he's going to be mean, Well, there's that. a reason, Tony, because he's literally a top 10. He's a top 15, according to PFF, tackle. Well, top th- top 28, I think that's what he ended up being in this year. So that's good though because there are, there are two there are lots of tackles. So to finish at 28, I thought it was pretty good for him. Now he's been higher before. There was one year he was like top five. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, and then after this injury, coming off of an injury season, he played every game. He started every game, played in every game, coming off of that injury, that gruesome injury. So um, let's start internally. And you were talking about the guys internally. You were talking about Colton McKivitz taking that uh, right now, being the plug at right tackle, and mm-hmm. then him being his competition would be Jalen Moore. Now, we saw mm-hmm. both of them play left and right. Now, I feel like McKivitz is better. Is, is, how can I say this? I like him as the swing. I like him if he has to come in and play tackle. I don't know if he can withstand a whole season at that right tackle spot. And he actually played better at left tackle, to be honest, which is weird. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about McKivitz. Let's stick, let's put a little bit of time on McKivitz, man. You said it's his spot. I think they feel comfortable with him there because of the experience. Um, I saw some of the chapters put he's got T-Rex arms. <laughs> it's true. Uh, he does have shorter arms. Um, but you know what? What impressed me about him in a big setting. He took. He started a game for Trent Williams. Yeah, and he did well. left tackle though. Yeah, but I think if you instill him and and like you know from day one he's working on the right side, I think he could develop and and play at the same type same level as he did to the left side. But you know, I guess he feels comfortable flying right off the bench as a left side. But I think if you train him and you, you get him reps and get him in the mindset that you're coming in as a starting right tackle this year, I think he can do it. I, I do. I mean, he's not perfect by all means, but you know, it comes down to roster economics and how this roster is built. You can't afford to be have a twenty million dollar left tackle with an eighteen million dollar right tackle. You know, you can't you can't be spending money that way with a salary cap. You know, you got to pay Bosa, IU's deals coming up. You know, you got guys hitting the bulk of their contracts with Warner, Kittle, um, McCaffrey now. Um, so I think they could – If what I'm trying to say is if they truly wanted to bring McGlinchey back, they could maneuver it to get McGlinchey back. Me personally, and I'm not saying McGlinchey sucks, he's this, he's that. It's just not a smart thing to do with money that way. If you're not 100% sure, don't spend that money. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not trying to be cheap, but – it's, it's, it's crazy because when you look at Mike McGlinchey, he, he's still one of the top tackles in the league. Maybe in a system that fits his skill set a little bit better, like a, like a New England, I feel like that's where he would be best. Honestly, they run a lot of screens. Like, that. he doesn't have to pass protect long. Like, it, it's, it just seems to fit him. Yeah. I, I feel, and they're not like they're not a zone running team either. Even though that's kind of like what he had to groom himself to be in coming out of Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like you know, Notre Dame is just not a zone running school. I mean, look at the the, the offensive linemen. That's not what they do. They're power, power, power. Everybody, even even with Aaron Banks, power. Look at his run blocking grade. It's terrible this year, right? We see him out there doing stuff, but his run blocking grade is just not great. Um, and so, but, but when you're talking about running inside and, and doing this and doing that, where he has to use, you know, it's power. He's the guy, he's the guy taking somebody out of this, out of the feet, off the field. Right. And so I feel like Mike McGlinchey out, I feel like the 49ers offense has outgrown Mike McGlinchey because they, they're, they're, they're continuing to move and trend up, and I think Mike McGlinchey holds them back a tad bit, and I feel like he's going to cost them too much money, and you don't make that move. So uh, internally, I like Colton McKivitz. I, I do like what you're saying about him. If I had to pick one of these guys internally to make the, to be the most improved, 
it would be Nick Zakiel. There's something about this kid that they're high on. He was on the active roster all season long. He was inactive yeah. this season, but he was he never made the 53. And you got to pay attention to this. I mean, he never made the practice squad. He never was cut. He was never <laughs> dropped down. He was never – there's something about him. And I wonder, Tony, is it – were they working him out at center? He's naturally a guard. You know he's a smart kid. I mean, he graduated from Fordham University. That's in New York. It's one of the second-tier kind of like Ivy League schools. They like to get those type of players on their team. What are your thoughts on Nick Zakia? No, you didn't get this. We didn't see any reps from him in the starting lineup. But I think this is a kid. Well, that's I saw gonna... him at the Senior Bowl. I, I watched you... him at the Senior Bowl, and, and... hold on, I gotta give he, you the he's not bad. He's not. He's he's not bad. But he's another one. He played left tackle, but he's got shorter arms. Like yeah, I know. That's where the, the, the problem is here. You have two guys with short length T-Rex. arms. Yeah. T-Rex arms. Um, but listen, y- you never know. I mean, they questioned the competition. I thought he did well in the senior bowl. They got him a lot of reps at the guard position and left he tackle did. and right tackle. They moved him around. And I thought he held up. I thought he did his thing. He, he had a very solid senior bowl. Um, now they're talking about converting him to the center spot. And, you know, you gotta you gotta trust Forrester with this. He's the pro. He's the one that knows these guys. He works hands on with them day in and day out. So you know, I'm interested to see what they finally decide to do. But you know, of course, unfortunately, free agency is going to tell us a lot, and you know, the draft process will also tell us a lot of what they believe and what they think about what's currently on their roster. But like, I see someone in here in the chat, like you know, everyone wants to go after Jamar Taylor from Jacksonville. He's a great athletic tackle, great for the right side. Get out. He can lead in, in, on the sweeps, on the zones, on the screenplay. That's fine. But I'm going to tell you right now, Jawan Taylor's going to cost money. And, you know, we're right back to square one. Should we just keep McGlinchey? Or do we spend money on Taylor? Or do we just keep it in-house and try to maneuver that way? Um, I think this this team's got a bigger problem um, as far as um, – being, I mean, they're going to have to restructure contracts, obviously, mm-hmm. going forward. But, um, you know, they're, they're in a tough spot. They got to figure out how to divvy up whatever whatever they have in in um, in salary once they restructure these certain players and and how they want to do it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to talk about this on another show, hopefully, uh, and it works out that I can be on it. They got to worry about the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to yeah. go too far into it, but and I, and I know because it's funny because Edgar, Edgar, sorry, uh, said in my modest opinion, 49er team needs needs in defensive system players and productive and dynamics and the movement. I, I I think Tony and I both agree that they need to address the other side of the trenches more. Um, I think they can. I'm not saying that they can plug and play with the offensive line, but they did it this past season, and we got to the NFC Championship, right? Now, can we improve the offensive line? For sure. Tony just broke it down internally. Some of the guys that he feels like is going to help improve that offensive line. And we just got to kind of fall back and wait and see. We got a super chat conversation. But man, Cameron Brown says, was expecting more when 49ers claimed Blake Hance. Totally forgot about Blake Hance. I don't even think he's there anymore. He's not even there. Yeah, he was released and he's gone, gone. Um. But yeah, we were, but that doesn't mean he wasn't expecting more from him when they got him. We did think yeah. he was going to come in, but he got outworked by the young boys. You know, he got outworked by the young boys. Let's get into some free agency, Tony, because my my number one, if I'm going to address the offensive line, you know, if Breezy is going to address the offensive line, let's say I'm Kyle Shanahan and you're John Lynch, right? I'm coming to you saying, listen, I like Jake Brindle. Okay. I like Jake Brindle. Um, but I, I want, I, I need, I need a center. I need a center. Okay. Jake Brenda was good, but I need a center. Okay. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw some names out at you. Actually, we're going to do this together. All right. So let's see if I can blow this up. What's the number? How you blow control? There we go. See, look, I, I remember things. All right. So it should be a little bit bigger for you guys to, to watch out there. Let's just go to center. And and I'm going to present to you um, 
the center that I think that the 49ers should definitely go after. And I, I want to go under 30. Is that okay? I want to stick to 30 and under is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. As far as age. Sure. sure. All right. Um, because you can see this list, they got like the top center, like Rodney Hudson. I, I want Connor McGovern. All Which right? one? There's two of them. I just there noticed. is. I want the one from the Jets opposed to the one from the Cowboys. The Cowboys one is cheaper. And they're spelled and, um, exactly the same way. That's the scary part. That's so crazy. But the reason why I like I like Connor McGovern from the Jets is because of his ability in the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you ask me, in my opinion, what was Jake Brindle's crutch? It was his ability in the run blocking game. I felt his inability, excuse me, in the run blocking game. I felt like that's where he hindered the 49ers. And you saw the Niners running game, you know, took a took a downfall. Can you imagine if Alex Mack was here, Tony, and we had Christian McCaffrey, bro? Uh-huh. That's the see what I'm saying? Like <laughs> so, so like I'm not this is not a stab at Jake. I think Jake did fairly well with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, but Connor McGovern is going to cost me some money. And, and I guess the question that I'm saying is, can we spend the money on a center? We can find the right tackle. We can get a right tackle. We got guys already in here. We got a kid that we're working with and Nick Zakil. How about we go ahead and get a veteran guy? Sure. Sure, we can do that. So let's look at the list real quick. Staying under the 30 at the 30 year mark. Obviously, Hudson's gone, Kelsey's gone. Hey, let me do it like gone. this. That way it makes it easy. I have a, I I pulled it up before. Okay. <clears throat> um, so you got a bunch of guys here, um, a bunch of veterans that bounce around the league. Uh, I see one guy definitely jumping out at me. Um, besides obviously your Connor McGovern, which I like. Um, but I think the, the we're gonna have to talk about the money factor, right? Yes, and yes. His, his last year. His number was $9 million, right, mm-hmm. according to the site. I, I just can't see the Niners investing $9 million right now. Um, you know, that Gammon, Gammon just brought up a guy. Gammon just brought up a guy. This, it's the way I look at it, if I'm the 49ers, I'm bringing Jake Brendel back. It's not going to cost you money. I don't think people are going to be kicking down the doors to bring Jake Brendel back. Um, I think so you get him on a one-year deal. A, a guy that made the Pro Bowl and literally his first year starting at a center position. Exactly. He's so you talented. Don't think, you don't think that they'll kick the – I'm talking about Jake. This is Yeah, no, Jake. no, yeah. He, he's so, a talented center. And, and But you got to think of this, right? Mm-hmm. It's about matching the player's strengths to the scheme. And I think this is his strength. This is where he can have his success in this type of scheme. Um, so that's why I'm saying potentially I would bring back Brendel. If someone blows you out of the water and says, we're giving Brendel's five years, $80 million, Jake, thanks for everything. See you later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We'll we- a little parade down fucking whatever Tasmanian drive <laughs> and we'll say, see you later. All yeah. right. And that's that. Then you turn your attention to an Ethan Posick or there's another gentleman on here who, when he came out, in my opinion, if you want to draw up a zone, a zone center, well, Bradbury. Yes. Yes. I was. Yeah. Garrett. That's Bradbury. the guy that, you, in my opinion, you draw up a center. That's the guy you want in the zone scheme. Not I wanted to he just couldn't him. stay healthy. Couldn't he stay couldn't healthy. stay healthy, and and I don't think that was with Minnesota. Minnesota didn't use him or utilize him to his strengths. And they were bouncing him back and forth, the guard, center, Art. guard, center. He's a center. He's undersized to be a guard. I think he's 295, if that, 6'3", mm-hmm. just off the top of my head. This is a guy that you could sign to a two-year deal and, and potentially get lucky with it. He is like the type of center that Weston Richburg was, like that okay. athletic, mobile center that can get out, lead downfield. And listen – Remember what Richburg, when Richburg played his first full season, he was 100% healthy. The offensive line played at a very high, a very high Absol- level. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I see Bradbury as a Richburg type center. I just hope he doesn't carry the traits of the injuries that Richburg had. You know, I'm not bringing any injury players to this team, bro. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I, 
I, I get where you're going with this, but man, an injury is always hindering us from winning the championship. Now, and, my next my next thing, my next name is if the 49ers want to get a little nasty and a little bit bigger at the center center position, you bring in Bozerman, Bradley Bozerman from um I think he's with Carolina, but he was originally started with the, the Ravens. Okay. This guy from Alabama, tough nose, rugged, uh, nasty dude. He's got the physical presence. Kind of reminds me, not as good, but the same type of playing style as a Jeremy Newberry, hmm. the 49ers center from years ago. So those are my two guys. I would look at Bozerman. I would look at um, uh, Bradbury. Those guys are not going to break your bank. They're looking for opportunities. I, I, I get you, bro. I get it. But it's got to be the right guy. Yes. Right? Now, I, I, I would say this. Kyle Shanahan, when, when he wants a player, he'll pay the player. Mm-hmm. And, and Symmetry brought up a great point. Pay big money for Richburg and Mac, And look at how they help this team. 100%. If you if you ask me, and I, and I know the situations were different, the money was different. We didn't have all these upper echelon players that we got to pay. There was no Nick Bosa. I get it. I I under I totally understand that. You had guys on these contracts, but the 49ers are gonna have some money. I I don't think that McGovern had a season that is going to make him get paid that top dollar. I think I did. He's going. He's thirty years old. He's probably going to want to go to a team where he can play for the next several six to seven years and and compete. And so that's something that they're probably going to factor in as a player. I'm thinking if I'm Mike, if I'm if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I was about to say his dad name, mm-hmm. and I'm coming to you and say, listen, get me Connor. I this is this is what I can do. I can do these things with Connor McGovern. Now I'm 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 advocating for the guy. I'm listening to your and this is what I like. This is what they do. Right. This is what they do. Right. You gave me three guys that can that I can actually pay for the price of one guy. You gave me three guys and you gave me three reasons. So shout out to Tony for sure. Uh, but if Kyle finds a guy that he's infatuated with, he has no problems making sure that guy gets that bread, especially if it's going to help take his offense and keep his offense with these young quarterbacks. Like, And don't forget. We're talking young quarterbacks. We're talking Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Young guys. Get yeah. the veteran center in there. So I personally, I don't care who the center is, as long as they can run Kyle's system and as long as they can find a way to stay healthy, they would help enable Kyle Shanahan's offense and improve the offensive line. It always was started with the center, and it's going to continue to start with the center, Tony. You got to get that center. I know we want a better right tackle, but damn, Tony, you sold me on our own players. 100%. And I'm just going to say this. If we're going to do the veteran route and it's going to be, I want the best guy, you got to throw Rodney Hudson's name in there because he's the Absolutely. best on this list. Absolutely. <laughs> right. He he would be the best. But the, the, the question is, Weston Richburg, in my opinion, wasn't the best center on the list during his free agency. And I don't think Alex Mack would have been the best center on the list during free agency either, but they were the perfect fits for the 49ers. So I think that's what it's going to come down to, bro. The perfect fit. Sloppy says, I agree with you, Tony. Bradbury or Bozeman, for me, I like Brendo, but for me, he's not good enough. We should grab a veteran center and then draft a guy to sit behind either of them if the kill ain't the guy. And this is exactly where we were going with this, man. I, I think you you bring in the veteran center that can run your system, uh, you know, and run it well. Shout out to Edgar Ascoli for the super sticker, too, by the way. I truly appreciate it. You get the foghorn for that as well. Gammon says you know your stuff. All right. Another foghorn for Gammon. Appreciate everybody out there for all the super chat contributions. Hey, everybody, take a second. Hit the like button as we speak right now. All right. Hit the like button as we speak right now. Let's get those likes up. All right. So. Free agency in the offensive line. Let's let's look at free agency from the tackle position. All right. Let's just say we address the right tackle position yeah. and let's focus on right tackles. Because that's I think that's what we need. Clearly, we're losing our right tackles. You got George Fant. Mike McGlinchey is the second best one up here. I want to stick to under that under that that 30 and under again. Like that 30 and under again. So I'm gonna go to age. Is the reason why I'm doing that. 
Okay, so there's a reason. Um, and here's who's available. And this is why I said what I said. You, yeah, there's, you're there's, back Mike McGlinchey. Oh, gosh. There's nobody there that's jumping off. Listen, I'm not going to pay someone just to say we got someone. You know what I'm saying? If I was in charge, I would not just say, oh, hold on. Let me put, let me put my list up real quick. I'm going to go run out and sign. Um, I think Jawan Taylor is going to be out of our price range. I'm not going to go out there and say, I'm going to go hurry up. Let's go run out and sign. Uh, who's this guy? Effetti. Yeah, let's go sign him. And we solidified our right tackle spot. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not about that. I want to fight. I'd rather roll in with McKivitz. We take our one of our third picks where we pick three consecutive picks in a row and we nail a right tackle there. You throw them out in the field and you let them compete. This is where this team is now financially and roster politics on how they constructed this roster. It's not, they can't go and start, you know, pay this one, pay this one, pay this one. And you're going to recognize this once we address when, – when we start talking, I believe next Wednesday we're going to do it for the defensive line. And you're going to see why they can't go out and say, I'm going balls to the wall to bring in the best Got you. right tackle. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to address this comment because Chiefs fans says, Breezy, I heard you say something about us paying the rest. What you mean, bro? Man, listen, I'm just being funny, but y'all get y'all get away with a lot of stuff. It's almost like when the Patriots used to get away with stuff. It's just me being facetious, man. Great game. Y'all won. I, I have said that the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the NFL, so I will tell you that. And it don't matter who your weapons are. Clearly, you don't need a Tyreek Hill. You upgraded your running game, and I think that's why you won. You drafted uh, what's his name, Isaiah uh, Pacheco. I think that's how you say his name, yes. and he was amazing. And then the the, the mid season move to forgetting Kadarius Tony, that trade that was perfect. It was perfect, and it's crazy because you didn't need a Tyree kill. So you guys figured it out. You guys did what you had to do. But man, damn, y'all be getting y'all be getting all the calls. You got all the calls against the Niners. You got calls in this game. You just get calls just happen to go your way. That's what I meant by paying the refs. Don't take it don't take don't take it with a grain of salt. It's all love. All right. Um is that Taylor Lewan? Taylor Lewan is, is is he's washed up though, isn't he? He couldn't stay he's healthy. Another, he's another injury. He just can't stay healthy, man. Unfortunate, yo, Michigan guy. We couldn't couldn't stay healthy, um, or whatnot. All right, so look, I, I think we can close the book on free agency because I feel like the only two positions that they need to look forward to is the center, which is the most important position. I'm telling you, that's the most important position. Okay, mm -hmm. and the right tackle spot, which Tony kind of like just alluded that we kind of got guys in here that the 49ers probably like probably like so that's something to pay attention to going forward uh let's talk draft now i look i'm not gonna break this down here draft wise you guys go to go to the patreon and i'll break down draft prospects but the one that sticks out to me the most and the 49ers will definitely have to probably make a trade because first of all his senior bowl he was the best offensive lineman in my opinion at the senior bowl and then on top of that on top of that bro i know his combine is going to be through the roof and so once he does his combine, he's going to probably price himself in that first round. At this moment, mm -hmm. he's like a second rounder. So, Cody Mowick, North Dakota State, what are your thoughts on him, Tony? I got a chance to meet him. I got a chance to interview him. I didn't put that stuff up yet. We talked about him behind the scenes before the interview. Um, right. And then I got a chance to watch him in his one-on-ones. Very impressive. Uh, oh, my gosh. But – I. What impresses you more, Tony? The one-on-ones or the, or the, the, the 12, the, you know, the full, the 11 on 11s? Uh, um, What's going on, baby? Both. It's tough because the one-on-ones you want to see. You got to pick one, man. No, 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 no. I'm picking one. I'm picking one. I'm going to go with the one-on-ones because you're going to see what his skill set is and his strengths and his weaknesses in a one-on-one -on -one basis. Because you never know in, in, in team drills when they go seven on set, uh, eleven on eleven, um, he could be getting help from the center or the tackle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is just a line them up. You know, fight it out. You see technique. 
you see footwork, and it's on display. There's no one else you're looking at. It's just that one-on-one matchup. So I'm going to go with the one-on-one, to be honest with you, in this situation. Um, Whenever yeah, I'm I mean, talking he's trenches, out. I like he's, one-on-one. You don't? No, whenever we're talking about the trenches, I'm, I'm, Tony, when I got to this, let me tell you how I was at the senior bowl, bro. It's tough to not watch the skill set players. So I totally got me a seat in the freaking end zone. So I can sit and watch the trenches. And all I did was text you about, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yo, oh my God, oh my gosh, yo. Like there were players that were holding their own and going up against really good pass rushers in their one-on-ones. So I do like one-on-ones, especially when we're talking about the trenches. When you're talking about like skill sets like in, in your wide receiver positions, I mean, that's just kind of like man-to-man. I want to mm-hmm. see more what wide receivers can do in 11-on-11s because defenses are going to play zone. And so mm-hmm. can they run the route? Can they sit in the spot? You know what I'm saying? So when you're talking trenches, bro, one-on-ones are on point. And Cody Malik had the best reps now. I know a lot of people want to uh, want – uh, what's his name? Dewan Jones. I think that's his name from Ohio State. Six mm-hmm. eight has the longest, biggest wingspan uh, that that ever been at a at a at a combine at a Senior Bowl. Excuse me. Like the kid is a freak. How about this though? He never gave. He didn't give up a sack in 2022 with Ohio State. He's mm-hmm. good in zone blocking, but you know who's better? Cody. Yeah. Cody's better. He's he's um, a he's like a man amongst children. This dude. That guy Jones that you just said from Ohio oh my State. gosh, it's it's like watching Sasquatch and then regular people. But what, what I see is I don't see technique, I just see brute strength. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and listen, six eight, three fifty, that's a big dude to move. Uh, you know, but the NFL, you have bigger, you got guys that have been doing it for a while, yeah, that are strong and fast, and he might struggle versus speed edge guy if he can't get his feet out. Um you know, I really didn't break him down. Tony, who did we talk about from in Sloppy's? Uh, I was comedy? just gonna, I was just gonna say him, Matthew. So I, I got a chance to meet Matthew Bergeron's mom and family. What a great family! Uh, they were so out, they were so impressed with their with their son. He was having one of the great combines too. Kind of, in my opinion, didn't have the best like eleven on eleven. He's a left tackle. Uh, that's where they had him at. Um, and so I, he was great. In my opinion, he'll probably be gone. He'll he'll probably be gone in the in the second second round too. Though. Yeah, I think so. Either that or very high in the third. Which me and we don't draft to the end of the third. Now let's talk about. Um, we 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 talked about you know the draft and drafting these players. We don't draft to the third round. We don't necessarily know our picks. Let's say the 49ers have to move up to get a guy. Mm-hmm. What is that going to cost the 49ers to get one of these to, to get a Cody Malik or or Matthew Bergeron or or, or or those guys? It depends on how high they want to go. If they want to go into the second round, it's going to cost two of those three two of those three picks plus plus fifth probably. Hmm. So there's a way. That's what I'm asking. Of course, there's a way. There's a way for anything. You could do whatever you want. It's just do you want to pay that price? You know what I'm saying? Okay. And right now, with with the strict, I'm speaking as of right now because they have about just under ten million dollars to play with before they do anything. You have a lot. You you only have forty five guys, forty six guys under contract. I think right now. I think now. it's forty nine. I think is it? I don't yeah, remember. I think, I think it was forty eight, and then they signed. Uh, yeah, that's right. Washington they just signed Paul. Yeah. Um. So you have under fifty guys. You have to bring 40 guys onto this roster. Correct. You need 90. Okay. Good job. So, you know, I do think they're going to try to make a push for one bigger tier one free agent and then sign a bunch of two and three tier free agents. Um, the centers could fall under the two and threes. The one, I think the tier one guy is going to be somewhere on the defensive line. Uh, you know, they need to make a decision. Um, they need to say to themselves, how comfortable do we feel we have in-house to where we're picking in this draft, right? And they have to compare who's available. We saw what was available on the right tackle spot in free agency. Nothing moved me. 
without an overpay, meaning Jawan Taylor or Mike McGlinchey. Um, the center position, I think we can pluck one or two at a very team-friendly deal, like a proven deal to try to get a spot and, you know, get a long-term um, contract based off of their performance this year. So I think we're good with that. But another issue is on the other side of the ball. And I think that's where it could get expensive and it could get more of the higher draft picks involved to fill those holes as well. So I think we're more depleted on the defensive line than we are right now in the offensive line. Where What we have in-house, I think the team believes in a McKivitz, um, but I don't think they're just going to say, you know, we're good with McKivitz, we're not doing anything else. I think there will be pieces added to the competition. Um, but the center spot, I think they do add somebody, especially if Brendel goes elsewhere. Um, just something I was just thinking about. There's a couple guards, right guards available. Maybe they slide Burford to right tackle. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that was his natural spot. And that's that's a dark shot. Like, like they, you know, not I don't necess- think- not, not necessarily. I don't think it's a dark shot at all, and I'm glad that you brought that up. And I know, you know, I think I overheard someone saying, "Oh, we should don't don't bring that up." Blah 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 blah. Why not? Why not bring it up? That's his natural position. That's where he was drafted. That's what he played at UTSA, mm-hmm. and then he he was uh, versatile enough, and not just versatile. How about smart enough mm-hmm. to p- switch his position, stay on on stay on the right side, and play guard. So now Kyle Shanahan and Chris Forster, they just created another versatile monster on the offensive line. Just remember this. It's easier to get on the field going from right tackle to right guard than it is right guard to right tackle. You're working in less space. Okay. Uh, so, So there's a possibility that he can go back to his natural position. And then there's a possibility that slides Jason Poe up. And there's a possibility that it is the 49ers internally have some pieces that we are happy about. We just haven't seen and they're unproven. I think what Colton McKivitz did for the 49ers was he gave when, when he needed to step in, he was, he was that piece. Just how Daniel Brunskill was that piece. When Colton McKivitz number was called on, he was able to fill in when he had to play longer periods of time. Then you started to see his deficiencies. Right. And so, like, can he get better? Well, that's where we'll find that out, you know, when, when training camp starts. But at this point, the 49ers are going to look to address the offensive line in three ways. All right. And so they have three options out there. They have the draft. They have the internal, which is in-house. They have free agency, which we talked about. Some guys that you could look forward to in free agency. And then obviously in the draft. And on the Patreon, we'll br- I'm going to break down some more reasonable people that will, should be available um, in the third, fourth, or fifth round. Tony, any guys stand out to you right now that you feel like might be available? I know we didn't start the draft process, but there is, is there anyone that's not uh, a high flyer that the 49ers are going to have to trade up to get that you think may be available late in that third round? For tackle? Yeah. Um, I like the kid, Mark. I think he's going to be going right. up. I think he's going to go high. Um, one guy who caught my eye with a couple reps is that Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Darnell Wright, yes. Yes. That's someone I like. He caught my eye. Um, you know, you got the, the McClendon, who's a little bit of a undersized right tackle. Um, and then potentially somebody later in the draft. One guy, Zion Nelson from Miami, University of Miami. Okay. Big physical dude and has the athletic ability. So when you're talking like rounds five, six, seven, that tier, you're taking traits and ability and you try to mold it at that point, right? So those are just some guys just right now off the top of my head. I really didn't start my process yet to start digging deep. But, I, you know, I just thought of something. On that free agent list, I didn't see Isaiah win. I didn't see him either. Uh, but maybe he's lifted as a left tackle, not the right tackle. Because I, I only did right tackles. You want me to check? No, it's it's fine. It's fine. He also might even be a restricted free agent. Uh, even if he was restricted, he would have been on this list. 
So he's not on that either. So here go your right tackles. Orlando Brown, Eric Fisher, Kevin Beecham, Jason Peters, Dakota Dozier. Uh, and then when you go to the right tackles, hmm. it is Fant McGlinchey, Turner, James, Taylor, Questenberry, Wells, Illuminor, Ifedi, um, Cannon, Nasik, uh, Rimmers, Clark, and Norton. So maybe Wynn is not a free agent. Maybe they were was. trying to trade him. I swore he was. They were trying to trade him because he was a free, he was going into his free agent season, a free agency, trying to get something for him. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, here's the great one, great uh, great one seven six five, uh, offensive line and free agency uh, draft pick ninety nine Dorian Williams. All right. Uh, uh, linebacker 101 Ronnie Hillman at safety at 102 I think I'm trying to read his thing right I feel like I'm missing something and then Kobe Turner defensive tackle is that 102 so defensive tackle 102 uh, Dorian Williams would be a linebacker so he's not drafting any offensive lineman in the, fir the first three picks yeah all right We'll see how that Ronnie Hickman. We'll see how that uh how that plays out. I definitely think we'll we're gonna talk about safeties on the show for sure. So guys, make definitely. sure every Wednesday when you tune in, I'm I'm we're gonna have Tony here, and Tony and I are gonna be breaking down three ways the 49ers can improve at a certain position. All right, and so that's gonna be really cool, Tony. I appreciate you for being here, bro. No uh, thanks for jumping on. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you really enjoyed the show, hit the like button. And if you really love what you saw, make sure you join the channel. It's your boy Breezy. You know how we do it. Y'all stay up, stay faithful. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. I got to get to the poll question. Uh, the poll question had with something about out of the dang, where'd it go? Let me refresh it. It was like out of the 49er free agent offensive lineman, which one would you bring back? Did you? Which one would you bring back? McGlinchey, Brindle, or um, Brunskill? I would bring back. I mean, I, I think I think <laughs> McGlinchey's going to price himself out. I, I can't exactly. see that. Bro, on spot rack, they say the Niners have $1.3 million in cap space. I don't under I'm not where I'm going to wait to figure that out because I, I don't That's know what scary. the money is like. I don't think it's one point three million. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we'll find out in a couple of weeks what's going Cost on. Cost efficient. I would go with Brendel and then try to get a tackle. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I would go Brendel probably. I would go with Brunskill um, because you, you get the vet and you know what? Center, guard, tackle. And so as you're continuing to groom these younger guys that you already have in camp, you Damn. saw what he was able to do with Spencer Burford. Brunt skill was scary last year, man. He he wasn't as good, but they, they limited him. <laughs> they limited him. So that, that, that lets you know. But he also was injured, Tony. To be fair, he started the season on the IR, right? So yeah. he didn't come in healthy. Let's see if he came, comes in healthy. But I personally would bring back Daniel Brunskill. And 43% agrees with me. Daniel Brunskill is the person that they would bring back. And I wonder if it's because of his versatility. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Worst comes the worst, you slide you slide him out to right. You slide Burford the right tackle, you insert Brunskill. Yeah. So he could cover three spots on the right side of the offensive line. That's why that. the majority say yes. Okay. I mean, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. All right, next show will air Friday. Uh, John Chapman will be with me on Friday, Tony on Wednesdays, and you get me on Mondays, Monday me's. All right, so I love y'all. Stay up, stay faithful. <laughs> Thanks for watching, and always, always keep it nitty-gritty, guys. Peace.